Welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast Podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Josh Lander coming to you from the East Coast. Nate Weitzer also on the East Coast. And we've got Wednesday baseball for you guys. Pretty full slate. Actually, good amount of day games here as well for Wednesday. We're going to be looking at these evening time games for you. Make sure you get ahead of these picks. Go ahead and make sure to like and subscribe to that page while you're following along. Continue to do so. Also, want you to head to thelines.com. Check out the great written content that we have on the site right now. And use that odds finder tool that you can use to make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all of these books giving us bets this season. Quick reminder, also, we do have the football that is going right now. Nate and I with our NFL Coast to Coast videos. So make sure you are checking that out for some player props in the NFL each week as well. Uh, I will say, Nate, before I toss to you that we did pretty well last night, once again, on a pretty nice little Hita here, making sure we get at least about a unit or so. Uh, actually had three of them that we made last night or two nights ago. Last night made more than a unit and a half. Once again, going five and three on the night, but doing some pretty nice uh, unit measurement control there. So I think we're feeling pretty good about that moving in here again. So let's kick things off, Nate, with your first pick in Toronto yeah I'm gonna fade the Rangers and fade Jordan Montgomery who's on the mound here tonight two different bets so if you want Montgomery to give up three earned that's plus 115 most places I would put a half unit on that maybe a little more if you feel confident in him struggling again and then Toronto on the money line is minus 120 or a little better some places put the full unit there because I, I do think they can win a close game even if Montgomery does not collapse again but yeah he's had three rough starts in a row granted two against minnesota but also one against oakland giving up two homers against oakland um and even that first start against minnesota where he did not give up a home run he gave up a 33 average launch angle so asking for trouble there 31 percent line drive rate in these last three very low chase rate negative rating on his fastball and curve uh, which is trouble against Toronto, which is not only hitting 307 against lefties in the last three weeks, uh, but at very good rating against the fastball overall in the last 14 days, pretty good against the curve. Also just the lowest chase rate, uh, period, in the last 14 days, lowest swinging strike rate as well. So you are not getting anything by them right now. They're second in weighted runs per plus, fourth in runs per game, uh, and the highest walk rate in that span. So Montgomery is going to really have to be able to, to, to get some, some whiffs, which he has not been lately, in order to navigate this lineup. I just don't think he's going to be able to do it. Uh, you know, they, the, the, the Jays, again, against lefties in the last three weeks, had a 16% K rate, so that's that's been pretty good for them as well. On the season, they are the sixth best offense in terms of Woba against lefties. So reasons to back the Jays' offense, and then they have you say – Kikuchi on the mound, who's I, I think my take on him has appeared on this podcast multiple times that he is just a a very solid quality start machine to back. There there have been some spikes in hard contact lately, despite playing pretty bad offenses, but he's also had an elite ground ball rate and very low, in fact, a negative launch angle in his last two. So if you're gonna parlay those two things together here with Jordan giving up high launch angle. Kikuchi keeping it down and, um, you know, really limiting homers overall in the second half, just a 0.3 home run per nine in the second half and getting a 20% infield fly ball rate with runners to scoring position. So that, that is why he's able to navigate so long into these games usually is that if he gets into trouble, he just gets that pop out when you need it. Elite numbers with runners on base. Uh, so that's why I'm back in Toronto here. You know, it's, it's been a, 
a team that's been rising while Texas is falling. This is a great chance for them to get some more wild card ground on Texas. Yes, yeah, Texas in the wild card. I don't even care about them anymore. I've been fading them for a while because I had a decent amount on them to win that division, as I've spoken about many times. And so I'm going to continue to fade them in individual games as well. Happy to do that here with Kikuchi on the mound and, and the just the weight of his ball. It's so heavy. As you said, that negative launch angle, guys, just literally hitting the ball directly into the dirt uh, and grounding out a ton. So, yeah, I think that there's con just continue to sort of fade really this pitching staff for Texas outside of Max Scherzer at this point. Um, and the, the hitting just hasn't been there, especially against the lefty Kikuchi in this one. I'm, uh, I'm totally with you on all of that. Uh, I'm going to kick things off with Detroit and Cincinnati. And I'm specifically looking at my guy, Eddie Rod, Eduardo Rodriguez, to go over 17 and a half outs. If you do have a Bet Rivers account, uh, and I do, as I'm currently in Connecticut as well, uh, and can make that bet at minus 104, which is nice for one unit, uh, and then the minus 130 on DraftKings for a more common book uh, for those of you in, in those states with without Bet Rivers, still take it at minus 130. That's why I just wanted to point that out for you. Eddie Rod has gone six plus innings in six of his last nine outings, and the three times he didn't, he played three of the best offenses uh, in the league. So I would feel pretty confident that that was uh, those three are, are decent outliers. Cincinnati is not a team that I would consider one of the top offenses in the league, especially against lefties, and especially right now. So I think he's in a good spot uh, in those last nine outings that he's gone um, six and two in that time, a three point eight six ERA, slightly higher xFIP as well because he's not really striking guys out. He's really the main reason uh he's definitely dancing around trouble here and there and there's been a few games where it was it, we had a few too many walks is really also what contributed to his struggles um that's why in that time he's got just a 7.71 k per nine rate uh and a 3.19 walk walk per nine rate really bad stuff for him barely two and a half like K's per uh, for every walk that he's giving up right now. Uh, but he is at home and he's better at home uh, in that same time frame I was just talking about. He's at nearly nine K's per nine at home versus 6.11 K's per nine on the road. I still don't really want to have to rely on him to get a, a, like a, up to nine, a, a nine K per nine ratio at that point. Cause if he's going to go six innings, he needs an, a, a K an inning to get you over the five and a half for that step for that uh, strikeout prop. And I'm not really interested in trying to mess with that. The Reds do strike out a decent amount. I think his pitches are really tailor-made for, for getting these bats out as well for Cincinnati. You look at how much he's throwing. He really goes between the fastball, the cutter, the changeup, and the slider, to be honest with you. But it's a lot of uh, fastball and changeup and working those two pitches together. And both of those pitches, uh, he's got a really nice expected outcome, plus 1.2 on the fastball and plus 5.5 uh, on the changeup, which are both good for top 10 in the league uh, at this point. Point. So I, I think he's got with, with Cincinnati's bats, they're not good against the fastball, 11th worst. They are bottom half of the league against the changeup as well with an even worse expected outcome than that fastball against lefties uh, in the last like month and a half. We're talking about the bottom 10 in WRC plus the ninth highest K percentage. And there's only three batters that have faced Eddie Rod so far in their career, uh, but they have not had any success. Three for 18 with eight strikeouts in those 18 at bats. So I think he's tailor made for, for this matchup. It's, it's a guy that. I really like him more when you get these kinds of matchups for him rather than just throwing him out there and saying, yeah, go ahead and take on the Astros or the Phillies. I'm fine with him having to take on this Reds lineup that's been much worse against lefties. Yeah, there's a reason they call him Fast Eddie, too. He does like like get into a rhythm very well and then just continue to pound out ground balls, and, and that's why he can go six innings. Um, and, and, yeah, with the Reds offense, I think that is kind of a tailor-made matchup versus – 
I think he tried to use him against the Yankees or something else uh, recently and didn't go as well. But I do like going back to the well here with Rodriguez. My second pick is a little scary here. It's an under in this Padres-Dodgers game. And both offenses <laughs> can explode. They have exploded in their last two matchups here. But if you take under four and a half in the first five innings, that is even money. Minus 102. Pretty good odds there. Uh, you could you could hedge that way and then take under nine for the game, which is at minus 120, uh, if you are at all concerned about the bullpens. But both these starters look to be rock solid, and I think we're going to see the, the pendulum swing back a little bit here. Again, yeah, it's been high scoring in this one, in this series. It was high scoring in early August, but when these teams played in May uh, this year, I think it was seven straight times going under nine. So it's not unheard of for them to play each other well. And you have Blake Snell on the mound. I was kind of wondering if he was going to slow down or even get shut down by the Padres once they're out of contention. But now he's the Cy Young leader by, you know, minus 220. So I don't think he's doing anything to to uh, to shut it down. He's going to go after that hardware second of his career. And he's coming off a strong outing against the Astros. Maybe a bit lucky, but it's the Astros. And there's no more dangerous uh, matchup at Houston for a lefty. Now he faces a Dodgers team that he's been pretty good against in his last four, 3.2 ERA, again with the high walks, as many walks as hits, but then striking out uh, over a batter per per nine uh, per, per inning and, and um, actually didn't give up a single barrel bat the last time he faced the Dodgers, attacked the zone 78% for a strike rate. So, I, I mean, the walks are always going to create some variance, but he's so good once he does get guys on, 32% K rate with runners in scoring position, has an 86% strand rate. Uh, and in the second half, yeah, he's, he's allowing just a 178 batting average. He has not allowed a homer on the road against lefties all year, which is key in this lefty-lefty matchup against Freeman, etc. cetera. Uh, and then you look at Ryan Pepio, who's on the mound for the Dodgers, who just hasn't really made a mistake so far this yeah. season in a very small sample size. I mean, he's given up two earned in 21 innings. He has a, a nearly a 50% ground ball rate, a low hard hit rate, low line drive rate, getting guys to chase. Lefties have a putrid .91 WOBA against him, and righties are striking out at a 32% rate. Uh, the Dodgers have won blowouts with a ton of run support in his last three starts, but I think with Snell on the mound, we're going to see a bit more of a duel, and that's why I like the under. Rich for my blood. I'm. I would be terrified of the Dodgers, but I, I've I've been burned by them trying to get a little bit cutesy with it as well. Obviously, uh, this is a pretty good pitching matchup. I, you're not going to get much better than that for Blake Snell on the mound for the Pods. If you're ever going to take an under on this team, it's tough to even look at the matchups for them with how well they hit lefties from both sides of the plate, whichever hitter type of hitter is up. I think I would prefer the under four and a half at this point. I, I don't really know what to do with the Padres once their bullpen even gets in there. It's been good at times. And I think you brought it up briefly. So it's, it's not like they're, you know, if, if Snell goes the six, seven innings that you expect him to go, no matter what, I feel pretty good about even if he's in there for that long, then you feel good about the, the bullpen sort of keeping things at, at bay. Once you get into the you know, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, 
just not something I'm necessarily willing to bet on, but I'm not going to poo-poo it too hard. Um, I'm going to go with an over to finish this, actually, and I'm going to do it with the other scariest offense in the league. Maybe you want to put Houston there, but right now in, in the NL, it doesn't really actually get much better on offense than Atlanta or Philly at this point, um, even especially Philly taking on the righty Strider, and that would be where you get some fear uh, is Strider is on the mound, and he is an insanely good pitcher. Christopher Sanchez, very young, very streaky, not hard to really predict what's going to happen with him. I would put my money on the Braves scoring runs against the young lefty before I put it anywhere else. Um, and that's why I'm going over eight and a half in this one. Uh, it's minus 132 on FanDuel. If you wanted to bump it up and lose that little hook there and get it to nine, you can. You get to go over nine runs, the opportunity for a push. But now, And you're talking about even money on FanDuel as opposed to the minus 132. I, I took the little hook there for losing the 30 cents on the dollar just to kind of feel better about it, honestly, and not too worried. I'm putting up full point, 1.2 units on it as well. Looking at Sanchez, 12 of his 13 home runs on the season are were, are at Citizens Bank Park in Philly. So he's much, much worse at home where this game is. Uh, you look at his home ERA, it's 3.97 on the road. He is at a 1.29 ERA. He's only pitched on the road once in his last five starts. Um, but he still has the, the 21 innings on the season on the road that are, are pretty stellar. Uh, he's allowing a 321 Woba at home versus 214 on the road. Uh, and then that 257 batting average that he's average, uh, allowing at home is just 167 on the road. Uh, those last five starts I mentioned in, at home since August, we're looking at a 526 ERA and a 511 XFIP. He's gone five innings or less in four of those five as well as they continue to sort of seem to like keep his arm uh, healthy and young as opposed to you know tiring it out at this point in his career. The Braves, I don't know if you want me to read off how good they are at hitting. I think we all kind of realize that they're going to be in the top five of pretty much every category on offense. Matt Olson is an absolute monster. Hopefully uh, some of you were able to get his most home runs in the league when he was still kind of right around the low 40s where Pete Alonso and Shohei were and then and even Schwarber and then just skyrocketed past them. He's at 51 home runs on the season. He's That's now actually the most in Braves history, which is really impressive considering Hank Aaron was a Brave. Um, and then, you know, eight home runs in the last 10 games. That's really where we're at. Probably just catapulting himself much more into the, the MVP conversation at this point. So a little bit interesting, but I, I'm just going to continue to back those bats. And the Philly bats, as I was saying, uh, touching on a second ago, are also nasty. Strider, we know he's probably knocked himself out of the Cy Young race at this point. No matter how, if he struck out 15 batters tonight, I don't think it would matter anymore. That ERA is just too high. And it's because it's skyrocketed in, in the last couple months. He's up at a 5.55 ERA. His ex-FIP is still nasty. It's actually uh, right below three for his expected fielding independent uh, pitching stats there. And that's just because he either strikes you out or you make some pretty good contact with him. Um, and, and that's why it's about an even, you know, it's down to like a 28% hard contact rate, which is pretty good. But when those 28% get hit and that ball's coming at you at 101 miles an hour, it's easier for it to just the other way back out off the bat. And that's what I would bank on with this, this Philly team that is the number one in WRC plus against righties since August started. They have the ninth highest walk rate, which could be an issue for Strider, who over his last two months is, is averaging nearly three walks per nine, up at 2.83 walks per nine innings. Um, the slider, his 
really his favorite pitch outside the fastball, as we know. He's throwing 94% of the time. He's either throwing a, a, a fastball or a slider. Uh, the, the Phillies' top five in uh, batting against sliders with expected outcome there. They are top 10 versus the fastball as well versus right-handed pitching. It's it's a pretty good opportunity for them to make some pretty good contact with him and, and really touch him up a little bit more than you might be used to. So I think the over 8.5 in this game, it felt wrong right when I saw it. And then when I looked a little bit deeper into it, I feel pretty good about this thing getting over eight runs. Yeah, I think it is up to nine some places because yep. it's being bet up and the, the juice isn't that great. Can I just interest you in Braves over five and a half runs at plus one ten, one fifteen? If you're you more yeah, if you're more trying to back that offense. Also Braves first to five runs, minus one ten, better juice here. And that basically is over four and a half. I, I don't think the Phillies mm. are gonna get to Strider to that degree that they'll be getting five runs early. So, yeah, I, I would say, like, point. go with your lean here um, as if, if you guys feel stronger about the Braves offense than, than about the collective here. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I, I saw the total as pretty low. I, the Braves at the five runs, you're always going to get that, interestingly. I, I would agree with that. So if, it's, if, they're, if neither team gets five runs, then that's a push, right, if it's Braves first to five? Or do you lose that bet? I think you would lose it. Yeah, I think I think you would there. actually. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit scarier, but still, the the Braves to touch up Sanchez is really what I spent most of the time just talking about. So it seems like one of the safer bets if you want it. But that is all the time that we have for you in this one. Make sure to follow along. Continue to do so. Like and subscribe. We've got those coast-to-coast uh, -coast football player props podcast for you as well coming to you once a week. So make sure you check that out and get ahead of those player props there in the NFL. And until we talk to you next, happy betting. <laughs>